0: Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Maddie. And this is the Content Creatives Podcast. Our mission is to inspire creatives to discover, grow, and own their brand. Today, we're discussing five things you can charge for in brand partnerships. We want to remind everybody that your price is not determined solely by the number of followers or just your engagement rate. There are a variety of things you can include in your price as a creator. But before we get started, let's do our question of the day. And the question of the day is, what's been the highlight of your month?
1: Oh, I don't know. You go first.
0: Um, Okay, I'll go. I think the highlight of my month was my birthday. Yes. Yes. Brandon surprised me with a trip to Treehouse Point. Um, If you've ever seen the show Treehouse Masters, um, we basically stayed where like their original treehouses that they built built. You know for their I think it's not their Airbnbs but but for their like rental properties and then from like the rental properties they ended up like spinning out and having this own show and building tree houses all over the world and so we're really big fans of the show and so um, we've always wanted to stay at a tree house Um, and we were able to do that on my birthday and so I had no idea where we were going. And then we like turned into Treehouse Point in Fall City, and I was like, Oh my god, I cannot believe we're staying here! So, probably that's been the highlight of my month.
1: Oh, that's so fun! I know I saw your videos. I remember when we were shooting your birthday stuff and St. Patrick's Day stuff, I was like, Brandon, what are you doing? And I like, looked at him, he's like, It's a surprise! And he was like, Brandon, <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute! It looked like so much fun. I need to go. I have, I've never been, I've stayed in a treehouse before I think just once before and it's just so cool it's like weird because it's like you're in a tree I don't I know, know. <laughs> and
0: I, I will say right like I think a big question is like wait what like you stay in these things these are like there it's literally like a house in a tree not yeah. just like a fort type of tree house there's electricity um there's a bed in there a toilet there are like there are full bathrooms on the property it's like a like common shared bathrooms and obviously you can lock it if you want to take a shower and whatever, you know, do whatever you need to do in mm-hmm. the restroom. But there are some toilets in some of the tree houses and so it's not like you can't, you're not like in the middle of nowhere if that makes Science. Yes, like you're still in Fall City, and so, um, yeah, highly recommend. I think it would be like I think you and Sam would enjoy it.
1: Oh, I would for sure love that. Well, in the treehouse that I stayed in, did not have a bathroom in the unit, <laughs> so it did. We did have to anytime we needed to go to the bathroom, and I always need to pee like super late at night for whatever reason. So I had to like walk all the way outside, like put a jacket on, go downstairs, but it was totally fine. It was so worth it. It's so cool. So yeah, I wouldn't mind staying in one that has a bathroom in it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so what? Well, What's my highlight? I feel like, I mean, it's been like a kind of crazy month. I'm definitely like pretty burnt out. Um, so I guess one thing I am excited to, well, I've been talking to my therapist and we had like, kind of like a few breakthroughs, which was kind of cool. <laughs> it was kind of sad. She compared me to the giving tree and my friend, like I told her that and she was like, that's really sad and I was like okay and I just so that was like really hard but like kind of processing that and like recognizing what that means and like setting clearer boundaries like with my time and like Emma knows I literally like we have already scheduled out through summer Mm -hmm. like literally on the the last podcast episode that we recorded like we were talking and I was like dude I need to get this all scheduled out because I'm blocking out time for like self-care and like rest weekends and like all this stuff and so my time's getting booked out super far and literally like Pretty much all my weekends are booked out through August. Like there's some free ones here and there, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's kind of stressful seeing that, but also good knowing that some of those are rest weekends. So I think while that was like a hard thing, I think that was definitely the highlight of my month because it was just like a really cool breakthrough and things that I like never realized. You always know it's like a good therapy session when you cry during it. I was like, okay, (laughs) it was tough, but it was really good.
0: Okay, that's good.
1: Yeah. So I think that was the highlight of my month. And hopefully that will translate into next month. Um, That kind of helped me realize where to set some boundaries and like that I need help. And so I did hire an assistant. We'll see. um, She's getting back to me on her availability. So we'll see that works out because an assistant would be so much so nice <laughs> to help take some of that stuff off my plate so I'm very excited about that I'd say that's the highlight of my month not to like bring things down a little bit but I also think it has like a, a cheery there's note a silver at the
0: light lining at the end right
1: yes there's a silver lining so that was really good and this is just your guys's weekly reminder from me to go to a therapist. (laughs) Everyone needs therapy, whether you think it or not. I'm just kidding. You don't have to go, but I'm a very strong advocate for it anyways. So let's get into five different things that you can charge for brand for in brand partnerships. I'm really excited to talk about this today because I think like we've talked about this a little bit before here and there, like throughout certain episodes, but it's really important to like recognize the different things that you can charge because sometimes brands will like sneak this stuff into the Contracts, yeah. like so, this is also something that I would advise for you guys to look for in the contract because sometimes they'll just say like, "Oh, um, can you know we pay you five grand for one post," and you're like, "Okay, yeah, great," but then you realize like, "Okay, they're actually going to put your face on a billboard," <laughs> like, yeah, and you know you don't really you're not getting paid for that. And I actually saw this TikTok from someone who's a content manager like for a brand or like she she works like hiring influencers and she did this thing where she was like me being super happy that we agreed on a rate for an influencer brand campaign and then me when I send the contract and they double their rate and I I was kind of like she was getting like upset about it basically and I was kind of skeptical of that I was like I really don't think that an influencer would just double their rate for no reason yeah
0: there's reasons why you charge for things and i was going to say to second something on tiktok um i had a video go somewhat viral it did over like two hundred thousand views where i talked about how much i secured each month in 2021 in brand partnerships and all these people on tiktok were like yeah you're lying like you don't you're you're only at x amount of followers and your engagement rate isn't even good and i was like well it doesn't even matter like no that's like not the only factor that you use to determine how to price yourself we're gonna get into it right but i was like oh my gosh especially on tiktok i still think the some of the influencers on there don't actually understand like it's there's so much more that goes into your rate
1: yeah it's like do you hire a photographer just based on their follower count No. (laughs) Do you hire a model just for their follower count? No. And again, we as creators are doing much more. We are both photographers and models, but we are also the ones like like project managing like we've talked about this before in previous episodes so i won't go too deep into it but we're literally planning these entire photo shoots things that normally take entire teams of people to do we're either doing by ourselves or with one or two other friends like yeah these are things like so much more goes into creating the content than a lot of people realize but also so much go- goes into the back end and like how brands use your content to promote which kind of brings us to the five different things that you can charge for in brand partnerships starting with the number Number of deliverables. So the more posts, stories, reels, the more you can charge. You know, some influencers will bundle a few Instagram stories with an in feed post in one rate. Other creators will price out per deliverable. So like each story slide costs X amount. Our recommendation is that you just have a baseline rate one for Instagram, a set of stories, a TikTok video, YouTube video, and whatever social platforms you offer. You can definitely have, you know, like negotiations, like when it comes to the brand. But if if they're asking what your rate is and you know, like you've asked for a budget and they're not giving it and you're just going to give your rate. You could say my rate is this and like negotiate from it. there. Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's why we say baseline rate, right? This is not your standard rate. This is where the price starts. And we recommend looking at the statement of work, right? The number of deliverables and like thinking about, okay, so this is how much I would actually charge to deliver these, these things. But What we're going to talk about next, this is what you use to like add on to the price, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys. So the second thing you can charge after you've looked at the number of deliverables, know that you can also charge for exclusivity. If a brand asks you to refrain from working with a competitive brand or a list of brands for a period of time, you can charge for it. Personally, I've had a brand ask me to not work with any brand in its category for three months i negotiated and doubled my rate and agreed to the exclusivity period and i'm so glad i did that because i ended up turning down paid brand campaigns and a cut, like a a paid like influencer trip during that time frame yeah. and so exclusivity we've talked about this before right It's the you can be compensated for the opportunity costs if you're turning down paid brand partnerships in order to work with a potential brand partner, they can compensate you for that Mm -hmm.
1: and should. Because, like, I one of my dream brands that I I use on a regular basis, and I know I've talked about this example before offered me, I think it was five thousand dollars for the year. Um, it wasn't really that heavy of a lift, I just had to like post like one story. a a month about like this program and like it that's really like not that hard to do especially when i'm using this every day um and i actually post about it probably once a month anyways just naturally because it's part of how i create my content and i had to turn it down because like turning down four figures is not easy however it had an exclusivity for everything in like that essentially like vertical mm-hmm. and I just couldn't do that. Like if a one brand campaign came in, that would already not be worth it to me um if I had to turn it down. So just think about like the things that you might be turning down the th- like the brands that you might not be able to work with because you can love multiple different brands in one vertical. You can love multiple different brands in like, you know, whatever that looks like. So it's okay to turn down if they're not willing to pay you for that exclusivity because it might you might miss out on a really cool opportunity. And then another thing that you can charge for is cross-promotion. So if you have other platforms outside of Instagram, you can propose to cross-promote the content you're creating, especially with TikTok. I feel like TikTok and Reels this is such a great way to do it because you're creating one piece of content and you can charge to post it to both. So you're not having to recreate that content from scratch. Um, again, another benefit of that is it saves your time. And if you want to negotiate, the, if the brand wants to negotiate the rate from there, at least, you know, in the background, hey, I'm only creating one piece of content. I'm just putting it on two different platforms. So at least I want to make sure that I'm compensated for the work that I'm putting in. One reason that brands hire these influencers for campaigns is to increase their touch points. So that basically just means that times a potential customer encounters a brand. So if you feel confident that sharing the same reel on TikTok would be helpful to the brand, you can propose it and share your rates. And honestly, like, like a lot of times I feel like, especially with the rise in TikTok now and brands starting to adopt tiktok that's a really good route to take
0: yeah and another thing i wanted to add on to this one because i wanted to talk about this because it's probably my first idea pin and instagram stories crossover um i am working with adobe creative cloud express and they have they want to do a pinterest campaign oh which i'm like Really excited about, and it's funny because we just had our Pinterest episode. Yes, with Caria. I need to. I need to text her about it. But we basically talked through. They want to do um idea pins, three different sets, and we were. I was on the phone with the team, and I was like, "What do you guys think of like repurposing this either for TikTok or for Reels or even Instagram Stories?" And we had a call this past week, and they're like, "We want to do Instagram Stories." Oh, and so so I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's like." another way but the brand was like okay just like let us know what your rate would be you can bundle it or you can like price it out like by deliverable um but they you know what i mean i was like honestly like we're spending all this time creating content for the idea pins we should really repurpose it yeah and we should uh, like we we i I was really pushing hard i was like whether i write a blog post i was like it's just going to be not that it's like you know going to take me 40 hours. It's going to be time intensive to mm-hmm. come up with an original concept and do all that. And so I really try to push for cross promotion, especially if there is video involved. And with the Idea Pins, you can do a mix of static images, videos, graphics, whatever that may be. And so I really am glad that the brand is open to that. And so um that's another way too. Idea Pins is a great way. Yeah. If you're already making video content and you're wanting to make Pinterest a part of your social strategy, Highly recommend thinking about that too.
1: And if you want to know what idea pins are, listen to our episode with Karia, because I honestly got very confused (laughs) with the difference between idea pins and video pins, and she kind of breaks it down in that, and I think that was super helpful. So go back and listen to that if you don't know what we're talking about. We also recommend just getting on Pinterest in general, because again, that's just another platform that you can cross-promote on, right? So there's lots of different ways to easily get on Pinterest as a platform, so listen to that episode. Um, Another thing that you can charge for is a rush fee. So if a brand comes to you with a short campaign timeline, you can definitely charge for a rush fee as a creator. Brands and businesses understand paying rush fees for services and products. Like, think about it. If you pay for rush shipping, that's more expensive. Like, if you pay to if you're like working with I don't know like your wedding cake and you tell them actually I need it this weekend she's probably gonna have to cancel or he is gonna have to cancel a bunch of their plans to make that work and that is basically eating into their life eating into their work-life balance or they might have to turn down a new opportunity that came their way because they have to get this done first so rush fees are absolutely very common in both day-to-day life but also in the corporate world so brands and businesses already understand that you can especially charge charge rush fees during the holiday season. That's a big one. I feel like especially because for whatever reason, so many brands the last few years have waited to the last minute for these holiday campaigns. Luckily, I think the tide's changing a little bit. I noticed this year we got stuff a little bit further in advance. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that's (laughs) the new normal, but we will see. Um, But again, especially during the holiday season, brands have allocated budgets to spend for holiday campaigns. And if you're coming up on hard timelines, you can charge a rush fee, especially since I'll add in the corporate world, many, many, many businesses end of fiscal year, is December in some businesses it's the month before some it's the month after but it's very common for it to be aligned with the end of the year aka the holiday season and so that's when they need to spend all their budget so that it's like the same oh gosh what's that like analogy where it's like oh if your mom gives you $50 for a lemonade stand and you only use like $40 to do it then she's just going to give you $40 the next time you want to do a lemonade stand Mm -hmm. it's like if you want to keep getting that same amount of budget to your apartment you need to to use all the budget so they use all the budget <laughs> to make sure that they can continue growing so that's also a great time especially when they're realizing oh hey we actually have extra money to spend that might be why they're doing the last minute campaigns um, for example i would typically charge a rush fee like Definitely, if it's within a week, for sure. If it's within a week, yes. Um, It really just depends for me on when I charge rush fees. Is more of like a gut check um, and just how busy I am, what my capacity is, what my schedule looks like. Like if I look at my schedule and I'm like, I only have one free night this week, and I'm gonna have to use that night to shoot the content. That is a signal to me. This is my time to charge a rush fee. I don't have the time to create this content other than, you know, eating into my social life. So if you want me to create this, you're going to have to pay for it, which Mm -hmm. is more than fair. So that's typically when I would do it definitely within a week. But anything beyond that, I kind of just do a gut check on like what my schedule looks like.
0: I'll give an example, too, of. A time when I charged a rush fee last year, um, I supported a brand for a last-minute Super Bowl campaign, and they reached the agency reached out two and a half weeks before Super Bowl. I one hundred percent charged a rush fee yeah. because we were negotiating like the first few days, and then that full week it was like a crazy rush to get concepts, get that approved. I shot the video, and then they asked for a reshoot. So I was <laughs> like, "Oh my God, thank God I like charged a rush fee," um, but. If there's like a specific date, like Christmas, like we always say like Christmas or New Year's, you cannot post, you know, specific types of content the day after the holiday. No, It's like so holiday specific. And again, with like Super Bowl, major, major event, right? Like they want that piece of content to go live right before the Super Bowl. So it's like, there's no flexibility in that tam- cam- that campaign timeline. And I that's fine. I can accommodate for that. But also like, now I'm going to be, refocusing spending my time and energy and resources to make sure that I can produce this piece of content for the brand. So that's just another example. So the last thing we wanna talk about about what you can charge for in brand partnerships is usage. So as a creator, you aren't just charging for the number of deliverables, your following number, you can also charge for how the content is going to be used beyond the statement of work you have to fulfill. Whether a brand wants to organically repost your photos to social media channels, or a brand wants to whitelist, which means put paid dollars behind your organic post, your influencer posts to target a wider audience, you can charge for it. I think a lot of people get really confused with usage. And so the way that we just want to boil it down today, right, is brands just want to repurpose the photos Mm -hmm. and videos that you've created yeah whether they want to put that in an email newsletter a website repost it on their tiktok channel pin it on pinterest
1: put it on a billboard put it on a
0: billboard right in this digital age brands and agencies and companies and everyone else like we have to produce so much social content like on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and so if you're working with influencers a big draw on like why brands want to work with influencers is that they can supplement and create content for the brand to reuse so you can charge for that right like like we've given an example before a professional photographer is going to shoot branded content for a brand right they might have you know it might be like a beauty campaign and they have to come up with creative concepts and products and then they sell those images to the brand right and And they have to ask, like, how is this going to be used? Is it just going to be for digital use? Is it going to be for both? Like, how long are you you going to want this to to use these piece of content? And that's how, you know, some photographers will build out their rate. They're Mm -hmm. not getting paid to post on Instagram, right? They're literally getting paid to use their content. Which is
1: exactly why you should charge for usage. And if you're thinking about it, like, too, like, I understand being hesitant, especially because everyone reposts nowadays, right? Like, you want, like, people, some people post, even if you're not a creator, with the intention of getting reposted by the brand. Like, I know on the Selkie Facebook group, like, everyone's always talking about, oh, like, I really want Selkie to, like, repost, like, my picture. They're creating the content for themselves, but they want the brand Selkie to repost their picture. And so we're so used to sharing content and brands like taking that content and using it for their own benefit that we're not really recognizing when it's okay. And you know, like social shares is one thing, but it's a whole nother when if they're using it specifically for a targeted ad promoting you across the platform and they're making money off of it. Like if you, if your face is on a billboard they're probably making money off of that billboard or else they wouldn't have spent X amount of money on it. You know, if they can pay for the advertising space, they can pay you as the creator to put your face on that advertising <laughs> space, so to speak. So I think some people, you know, think like usage. Oh, well, whatever, or like kind of just let that fly under the radar because again, we're so used to sharing our content in this day and age, but that's something I would be mindful of.
0: Especially if in negotiations, the brand says, by the way, w- our plan is to reuse your content. We just want to repost it organically in social media. Okay, that's one thing, right? Yeah. Maybe you just charge a way lower rate because for you, that also helps, right? If the brand reposts you, you know, tags, tags you, you, whatever that may be. But if a brand says, hey, by the way, I want to use this for the next 12 months for our email newsletters, then you can say, okay, actually, I'm going to adjust my rate for usage because- Our partnership might end at this date, but you're going to continue to use my face and my likeness and you have content. You don't have to go out and shoot with a model and hire a photographer and do all that stuff like you have. You have the images at your disposal. So if you aren't sure how to ask to be paid for these things, I highly recommend checking out my course, How to Negotiate Paid Brand Collaborations. We've talked about this before. We did like a whole We've just we talk yeah. about this quite often, and I talk because about it a lot. You should use it. It's such a
1: great course. I ten out of ten recommend. Thanks, also, friend. people keep talking about how great it is. I see all the reposts oh, on yes. your stories. <laughs> there are so many people using this course that get such great value out of it. And I will say, I think the value of your course specifically is that you really get down into the details of it. I've seen so many like creator courses that are just really high level, just like oh yeah, like negotiate, and it's like
0: uh, blank.
1: What? <laughs> I know. You're like, "Okay, I guess <laughs> I'll just try," but you really get into the specifics of it, like why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and you give some templates.
0: Yes, yes. So you get 12 plus email negotiation templates that I actually use to negotiate paid brand collaborations and then also there's guidance on how to approach charging for exclusivity and usage and how to build up your price or overall rate. Again, There is a lot of confusion around this space and we've said it before, we'll say it again, your follower number is not the only thing that determines your price, right? You have to like look at all these things in a brand partnership and understand how to build out your rate as creator. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and recommend the podcast to a friend. Share with us if you've learned something new. And if we haven't connected yet on Instagram, you can find us at Emba's Edition, at Mad Cray, and at the Content Creatives Podcast. Sign up for our email newsletter and join our Facebook group, and we'll see you guys next time.
1: Bye!